RT8K News. It's one o'clock. I'm Pierre Tremblay. The headlines, the State Council's Hong Kong and Macau Affairs Office to hold an unprecedented press conference later today to give its stance on Hong Kong. Land Justice League lawmaker Ju Hoi Dick says he expects the crisis in Hong Kong to continue if Beijing doesn't announce anything new and international business calls on the government to tackle the root problem of the unrest here as confidence takes a hit. The State Council's Hong Kong and Macau Affairs Office will hold an unprecedented press conference in Beijing later today to give its stance and views on Hong Kong's current situation. Alex Price reports. The central government issued a notice of its intentions as clashes erupted between police and protesters outside its liaison office here for a second consecutive weekend. It'll be the first time that China's top policy office on Hong Kong affairs has held a press briefing on the SAR since it was established in 1997. Lao Yukai, the head of the mainland's top think tank on Hong Kong, said Beijing will have been watching media coverage of the protests and will want to show support for the police in the face of radical violence. Meanwhile, the office of the Commissioner of China's Foreign Ministry in Hong Kong denounced remarks by a US congressman on the police's handling of the recent protests. Elliot Engel, the chairman of the House Committee on Foreign Affairs, said that he was deeply concerned by the reports of police brutality in response to peaceful protests in Hong Kong and that allegations of police violence over the past weeks have tarnished Hong Kong's international reputation for good governance. A spokesman for the Foreign Ministry's office here said there can be no excuse for violent acts. He said militants were willing to openly attack the Legislative Council building, police officers and attack the central government's agencies. He said Hong Kong ranked 16th for its rule of law last year, which was higher than that of the United States. China analyst Mark O'Neill says the Beijing news conference shows the importance the central government places on the unrest in Hong Kong. But he told RTHK he doesn't believe the briefing will address the causes of the crisis here. What they will do is they will set out Beijing's line on the protests. First of all, they will, of course, criticize the attack on the liaison office, the national emblem, the LegCo building and violence in general. Secondly, I think they will voice their support for Carrie Lam and her government and their support for the police. They will strongly attack anyone who advocates independence for Hong Kong. And then they will attack the foreign forces, which they believe are behind the protests, which they say are fanned by the Western media. I think there will be the main four points they will make today. Does it suggest in any way that Xi Jinping's government has reached a decision on Hong Kong and what it believes must be done to deal with the crisis here, though? I don't think the spokesman can speak about because this is the initiative of chief executive here. That's what she has said. That's what the press has reported. So if they were to say the extradition bill is correct and must be passed or must be withdrawn, that would suggest that it's they who are deciding, which is not, of course, the official line. Mark O'Neill speaking to Mike Weeks. Land Justice League lawmaker Ju Hoi Dick says he expects the crisis in Hong Kong to continue if Beijing doesn't announce anything new in its planned press conference this afternoon. Mr. Ju says he expects the State Council's Hong Kong and Macau Affairs Office to once again express its support for the Chief Executive Carrie Lam and the Hong Kong Police Force, but he says such comments will not resolve the current crisis as they'll only allow the CE to continue to ignore the demands of the protesters.
If Beijing express once again their support to Carrie Lam's government, then we expect Carrie Lam not stepping down and not responding directly to、uh, Hong Kong's people's demands, and therefore this stalemate will carry on. Mr. Zhu also expressed concern over the increasing level of violence at ongoing anti-extradition mass demonstrations. He says the increased use of tear gas by officers and attempts by protesters to carry out arson at yesterday's demonstration is worrying but unavoidable until a political solution is found. More than a dozen people were injured in yesterday's protest. As we have seen from the figures, the number of injured on the protester side increased drastically in the last weekend. So I'm deeply worried that if there's、uh, an ongoing upgrade of、uh, use of force, then there will be more injured or even deaths. At the end, this is a political crisis, and a political solution should be put on the table by the SAR government or the Beijing government. When we do not have this for the time being, you can expect this worrying escalation of violence will, will happen. International businesses are feeling pessimistic about the short-term prospects for Hong Kong, as escalating violence and political deadlock take their toll on confidence. That's according to a survey by the American Chamber of Commerce. Altus Wong has the story. The business body began surveying its members representing sectors ranging from financial services to logistics and tech last week, in light of continued and escalating violence surrounding political protests in Hong Kong, to gauge the ongoing impact on business sentiment. The survey found that businesses are already reporting serious consequences from the disruption caused by weeks of mass demonstrations, political paralysis, and outbreaks of violence and destructive acts in a city that has won an enviable reputation as one of the world's safest. Places. These range from an immediate hit to revenue caused by disruption to supply chains and consumption to longer-term doubts over cancelled events and shelved investments. Respondents also reported a deepening perception within their companies and among overseas customers that Hong Kong has become less safe and a riskier place to conduct business. The business body said the SAR government should take immediate and tangible actions to address the root causes of recent demonstrations and restore confidence as Asia's preeminent international business and financial centre. Its members suggested the Hong Kong government to completely withdraw the extradition bill and carry out an independent inquiry into recent unrest to restore public confidence. Earlier, the Hong Kong General Chamber of Commerce also called on the government to completely withdraw the bill. Police in California are responding to a shooting at a food festival. One report said five people were shot in the city of Gilroy, south of San Jose. From Los Angeles, here's the BBC's Peter Bowes. Festival goers have described chaotic scenes as gunshots rang out. Video posted on social media appears to show attendees scattering in confusion with a loud popping sound in the background. The three-day festival features food, live entertainment, and cooking competitions. It is taking place in a local park where, according to the event's website, weapons of any kind are banned. Ambulances have been seen heading to local hospitals, although there's no official word on the number of casualties. The police have said the scene is still active. South Korea is repatriating three North Koreans whose wooden boat crossed into South Korean territorial waters on Saturday night. The government in Seoul said the North Koreans had told them they wanted to go home. South Korean authorities had towed the boat into port because it had a white cloth on its mast, possibly indicating that those on board wanted to defect. One of them was in military uniform, but the North Koreans blamed their incursion on a navigation error. 
The U.S. Director of National Intelligence, Dan Coats, has become the latest high-profile figure to leave the Trump administration. He is expected to step down in mid-August. The BBC's Peter Bowes has more details. Dan Coates served as Director of National Intelligence for two and a half years. In recent months, he was seen as increasingly at odds with the president over North Korea and Russia. When Mr. Trump challenged the U.S. intelligence community's conclusions that Moscow interfered in the 2016 election, Mr. Coates took issue with the president. In a tweet, Mr. Trump said Congressman John Ratcliffe, a staunch supporter of the president, will be nominated to take over the job. Last week, Mr. Ratcliffe sharply questioned Robert Mueller as he testified about the Russia inquiry. The congressman's tough line of questioning reportedly impressed the president. The personal doctor of the Russian opposition leader, Alexei Navalny, says she believes he's been exposed to an unknown chemical. Mr. Navalny was taken to hospital from jail on Sunday, reportedly suffering from an, an, allergic, re an allergic reaction. The BBC's Steve Rosenberg reports. Alexei Navalny had been serving a 30-day sentence for calling an unsanctioned street protest. Two doctors who had treated him in the past came to the clinic to assist with the diagnosis, but hospital officials reportedly ordered them out of Mr Navalny's room, which is under police guard. So the visiting medics conducted their examination through the door. Later, they revealed that Mr Navalny had acute swelling, discharges from the eye, and rashes on his neck, back, chest and wrists. One of the doctors said she believed this had been caused by unspecified chemical substances. The hospital announced that Alexei Navalny was in a satisfactory condition. Canadian police reinforcements have been sent to a remote community in the province of Manitoba amid reports that two teenagers wanted for the murders of three people may be in the area. A citizen of York Landing in Manitoba posted a warning on its Facebook page that people should lock themselves indoors. The BBC's James Cowling has the latest. Cam McLeod and Briar Schmigalski have been on the run for more than a week. The pair were originally reported as missing, but were later described as suspects after an American woman and her Australian boyfriend were found dead after the car they were driving in had been burnt. It started in British Columbia, almost 3,000 kilometres from where the Royal Canadian Mounted Police is now conducting its search. This latest development comes after a tip-off that the men were seen near a landfill site in the community. People have been advised to stay inside with the doors locked. Britain's largest business group, the Confederation of British Industries, says neither Britain nor the rest of the European Union is prepared for a no-deal Brexit. In a report containing advice on minimizing the impact of leaving the EU without an agreement, the CBI concludes that even with such preparations, nearly all parts of the British economy would experience disruption. A deal negotiated with the EU has been rejected by the British Parliament three times, and the new government of Boris Johnson has stepped up preparations for Britain to leave at the end of October without one. Currencies, the U.S. dollar is trading at 108.58 yen. The euro is standing at 1 U.S. dollar and 11 cents. The pound is worth 9 Hong Kong dollars and 66 cents. A short time ago, the Hang Seng Index was at 28,043. That's 342 points down on the previous close. Turnover stands at 36.8 billion dollars. Sport, here's Joanna Wong. Let's start with cycling. Here comes Egan Bernal, hand in hand.
stand with Geraint Thomas, first and second in this year's Tour de France. Last year's champion hands over the baton to the new champion, Egan Bernal. Colombia's Egan Bernal has become the youngest winner of the Tour de France in 110 years. He finished one minute and 11 seconds ahead of the defending champion and his team Enios teammate, Geraint Thomas. And Dutch rider Stefan Krosvik came in third. The BBC's Gareth Riesuen says Bernal's victory wasn't unexpected. When he burst onto the scene three or four years ago, many people identified a young kid who was going to go a long, long, long way. He was born at altitude, 2,700 metres. That, of course, helps for his climbing. Initially, he was a mountain biker, but he's got talent, raw talent. And the other thing that strikes you, when you spend some time in his company, he may look like a 12-year-old, but he behaves like a 42-year-old father, like a general, like an admiral. He's a man who has a, a huge level of self-confidence, whilst at the same time being polite. He doesn't suffer fools gladly, and at the same time, he's going to be going places. Rio Olympic champion Dalila Mohamed has smashed the 16-year-old world record for the women's 400-meter hurdles by finishing in 52.20 seconds on a drizzly night at the U.S. Championships. With puddles on the track on Sunday, Mohamed eclipsed the mark of 52.34 set by Yulia Pechonkina of Russia. Her previous best time was 52.64 in 2017. Teenager Sydney McLaughlin was second, and Ashley Spencer wound up third to also earn spots on the U.S. team for the World Athletic Championships in Doha. To motor racing Red Bulls, Max Verstappen secured his second Formula One win of the year in a chaotic German Grand Prix held amid intermittent rain. Seven drivers crashed out in the treacherous conditions that saw Ferrari's Sebastian Vettel take second place after starting last on the grid. Was Toro Rossell's Daniel Kvyat third? Verstappen was understandably pleased with the result. Yeah, it was, uh, of course, uh, a great feeling, especially when it's so hard to, to judge what is the, the right call. But I think with the team together, we made the right um, decisions all the time. They, give, they gave me good information. And uh, based on that, of course, I could say, OK, let's box now. Or they could tell me, let's box now back onto an inter or whatever. So, um, yeah, very happy. Um, it's definitely been one of my most difficult races out there. But then, of course, it's great to, to win it. Lewis Hamilton had a day to forget, finishing 11th after two mistakes. But the Briton maintains his championship lead over Mercedes teammate Valtteri Bottas after the Finn crashed. And finally, football. Gareth Bale's prospective move to Chinese Super League club Jiangsu Suning has collapsed. After Real Madrid called off the deal, the 30-year-old had been expected to sign a deal reportedly worth over 1.2 million U.S. dollars a week. And that's your look at sport. Joanna Wong reporting. To end the news, our top stories once again. The State Council's Hong Kong and Macau Affairs Office to hold an unprecedented press conference later today to give its stance on Hong Kong. Land Justice League lawmaker Ju Hoi Dick says he expects the crisis in Hong Kong to continue if Beijing doesn't announce anything new and international businesses call on the government to tackle the root problem of the unrest here as confidence takes a hit. The news from RTHK.